Hey gang, it's John. Thank you for listening to our latest book club. It's funny, at the beginning of the year, I thought, you know, I'm going to do less of these. It's just time consuming to read everyone's books and I get sent so many good ones. But when you get so, sent so many good ones and they're as good as these are, it's hard not to continue. So this time we're welcoming back for the third time, author Martin Popoff. And this time we're talking about Kiss at 50. We did, was it ACDC at 50 or 75? I don't remember. I think it was 75. And Bowie at 50 or 75. And now it's Kiss at 50. And uh, like the other one, I love this at whatever 50 or 75 series. Special thanks to Steve Roth for including me in the press of these books because I think they're so fun. Like the others, a big, beautiful coffee table book slash narrative or highlight reel, if you will of the 50 biggest moments in Kiss's history. And Martin, being the fantastic writer that he is, uh, nails it, just like he always does. I'm going to be giving away the book at the end. I'll tell you about it. It's for Patreon people, obviously. But anyway, uh, Martin and I hop on here and just... I am of the opinion that Kiss are one of the one of the funnest bands to talk about. It's more fun to talk about Kiss than it is listening to Kiss sometimes. Just because of their idiosyncrasies. And so Martin and I get into that here in a minute. Anyway, I'm really glad that they include me on the uh, press for these things. I love these books. As I said, I'm going to be giving away the Kiss at 50 book at the end here. And I uh, hope you enjoy these conversations. How can you not when Martin is so good? I wanted to kick it up. I asked him about favorite songs, and he frankly doesn't have one. And that's not really how he works. So I went with my favorite Kiss song as the be- as the beginner. It's the live version of Got to Choose. I hate the production on Hotter Than Hell so much, but live on a live, it's perfect. So that's what we're going to listen to first, and then you'll hear what I picked at the end. Okay. I have a theory, Martin. Uh, with as great a band as Kiss is, and as much fun as they are to listen to, they're even more fun to talk about. No band, I feel like... <sighs> Uh, conjures up the passionate debate and discussion that KISS does. And I wondered if you agreed, and I wondered if you knew why. Yeah, that's a fascinating concept, and that's that's a really interesting first question because it is amazing how much people will talk about KISS, right? Yeah. And I think one of the theories would would be, I, I would align with the idea that it's pretty simple music to talk about. And there's a lot going on. There's a lot of different phases. There's the stage show and all that. It's a bit similar to the, to the fixation on the Beatles, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, the Beatles, God love them. I mean, they were absolute pioneers and everything, but they were operating in the mid sixties. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so what they came up with in most cases, basically right to the end. I mean, even when the songwriting became not, poppy garage rock uh it was still pretty simple and easy for for the layman to uh to understand to dissect to talk about there wasn't a lot of it to deal with uh you know and and kiss i mean eventually there is a lot to deal with but um i think uh, i think it's the same sort of thing where you can you can break it down uh pretty simply and uh, and have a lot to talk about including four different singers right yeah true um which is true. kind of interesting right so yeah um yeah so th- there's a lot there but you're right i mean this is a band um you know th- there was such mania about them if you're of a certain age there was such mania about them in 76 77 78 kind of thing that um yeah there's just a lot of a lot of plot lines 
Yeah. I wonder, too, if it has something to do with there. And when I say there, I guess I'm speaking more specifically of Paul and Jean's almost Trumpian level of self-mythologizing. There seems to be a the legend of the band that the band itself tells you. And then there's the sub legend that fans find through like poking holes in their stories and in their narratives. Well, why are all four band members on this album when Ace only plays on two songs or Peter's not actually in the band? Or why are you say you're saying that Kiss Alive is all live, but Eddie Kramer says it's not or whatever, you know, I'm, I'm using these as an example, but it feels like the band wants you to believe one thing, but the, but the, the fans, uh, they find what they're like conspiracy theorists around what the, what the kiss narrative is. Does that make sense? Yeah. And that's interesting as well, because, um, you know, the fans are just super inquisitive. There's a lot of scholarly kiss books out that look at every minute detail. They will find out the truth. Um, but the funny thing is when you started that question about the self mythologizing, right. Um, you know, the fact of the matter is I don't see those guys lying a lot about, Mm. about what, is what is what they just maybe don't talk about it. They don't volunteer that information, but I really don't see them lying a lot about it. And the other thing is, you know, it's not, it's not Trumpian in a way that they they have a couple things they say and they're cute and they're tongue in cheek. Like we're the hottest band in the land and it's the greatest stage show of all, all time, which is kind of true, but the hottest band in the land, maybe not. I mean, they're partially recorded, you know, referring to the flames uh, itself. Um, But I don't think, I don't think they go around claiming to be the biggest, most successful band in the world. I mean, I, I think, I think the one thing they will will brag about i suppose is uh, is that they are they do put on an amazing show but you don't hear them calling their records masterpieces you don't hear them particularly inflating the numbers of what goes on out there in the world you don't you don't see them lying you know they're pretty honest about peter and ace and all that yeah um you know the one thing that they always will talk about and it's a carefully curated kind of thing is having more gold records than any american band in history okay right? uh-huh or is it every or any band in history anyways and and technically they're they're kind of right about that because they have a lot of records that have gone gold right mm-hmm. but what they don't tell you is that they've sold a lot less records than many 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 bands out there, true right Good they point. Have nothing approaching a diamond album and all that kind of stuff right yeah. so so yeah sure um but it, but they don't even they don't even really bring that one up very much right yeah you know that the main thing is literally it it comes down to more than anything is that thing that gets said before the concert, the hottest band in the land. And that's uh, it. And that's not yeah. even them really talking. So yeah, kind of interesting. <laughs> Are you now I have to ask, cause we talked the first time when you did the David Bowie book and I came away questioning whether you were even that big of a fan of David Bowie. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, everyone's a fan, but what, you know, how deep a fan are you a ki- fan of kiss? Yeah, definitely. I'm a pretty deep fan of Kiss. We'll put it this way. I mean, the neat thing is, is I've been following them quite closely since I became musically uh, uh, awoken 
okay. uh, and became a crazy music fan. So that would have been 1974 with the new release. So Kiss, I've been there through the entire journey. Wow. So I was 11, right? Uh-huh. Um, but um, I'm I'm like many a deep Kiss fan is I spend more time complaining all along the way <laughs> than I do praising the band, right? Um, but I am there for all the eras, and and uh, you know, and and I will defend the last two albums, and I will say Revenge is one of my favorite Kiss albums, and I will mm-hmm. say I really like Animalize and that whole Lick It Up. Uh, uh, as- well, Asylum also as well, but that whole era, Animalize, Asylum, and Lick It Up. Um, so, you know, and I've got my few that I'll complain about, and uh, and I won't pull punches. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I'm there all along the way. But as a super deep music fan, and I, I consider myself, you know, a little bit of a snobby musicologist kind of guy, Kiss uh-huh. is a band that that definitely is not going to be one of your favorite bands that way, right? Because yeah, yeah. you like highfalutin music, right? So, <laughs> so the thing is, all along the way, I'm there, but there are there are no Kiss albums probably in my top fifty. Okay. Uh, and maybe yeah. not even my top 75. I've never really thought about this. But they'll start, they'll all start showing up eventually. Yeah. Right? Yes. Um, so that's the funny thing. Um, you know, definitely not my favorite band. I never even think of them when I think of my favorite albums, but they're there all through it, and I and I like 75% of it at least a lot. That is so interesting that you say that because I have a very similar uh I have a similar feeling about where they stand in my musical hierarchy i guess i'm fairly i'm pretty late to the game actually and i um in fact it just popped up on facebook recently my it was i posted one day i think it was 10 years ago saying i i feel like i need to own every kiss album and that it just struck me in fact what it was and people are shocked when i say this i really liked sonic boom and i saw them come on uh probably letterman or something like that and I think I had had a live and maybe Destroyer, but I'd never devoted any time or attention to Kiss. And when Sonic Boom came out, I really liked what I heard. And I thought, you guys have been around forever. They're a lot of fun. What am I, why am I not fully indulging in this? <laughs> and so I went and bought every album. And my kids grew up on it. We were all Kiss for Halloween once when they were little, and they have all their favorite songs. So I wanted to ask, what's your favorite Kiss album? Well... I, I have the boring answer to that, and it probably is still the correct answer, and that would be Destroyer, and I think yeah. that is the one that most people will lean to, but, you know, God love the KISS fans. I mean, we all, like I say, complain about everything, right? Yeah. And there are tons of people that complain about Destroyer, um, so I understand that. Uh-huh. Um, you know, and I, I'm a little down on, frankly, Love Gun and Rock and Roll Over uh, in, in the last couple of decades. Um but a lot of people will defend those and a lot of people will go to hotter than hell. Uh, but I, but close behind, I, I start having that argument about, uh, you know, this is kind of a, a deep debate we've had with people on various bands like motorhead and deep purple where um, it's, it's hard not to just sensibly look at 
much newer albums and say they're way better than the older ones, right? Uh-huh. So I'm 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 in on that with Revenge and and I even like I say Sonic Boom and Monster, they totally have their detractors, but I think they're they're two absolutely high value solid you know, all the way through great albums. Psycho Circus, definitely not. That's a disaster. Um, but the last two, so, so, you know, I'm not going to put the last two in my top mm-hmm. five or seven or eight or whatever, but I'll definitely put Revenge super, super close. And, um, and yeah, I, okay. I, I probably have, if I had to include two more, I'd probably put in um, Asylum and Lick It Up. Okay. Interesting. Uh, my favorite Kiss album is Unmasked. Isn't that oh, weird? Yeah. And yeah, I think weird. it's because I like, you know, skinny tie power pop. And that's yeah. not exactly what that is, but it's them slightly doing a version of that. Mm-hmm. And um, and for the, the non-makeup albums, I really like uh, Crazy Nights. I think that's a really fun album. You know what I mean? But no one loves those albums like I do. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned complaining. And I feel like Kiss is in one of those positions where they can't win. You know, no matter yeah. what they do, they're they'll they can't win over or appease or please their fan base. It's either the album's not good enough, or it doesn't feature the right people, or it's overly produced, or the wrong hits, or they wrote. You know what I mean? They cannot win with what they do these days. Yeah, <laughs> that is so. That is so insightful. That is absolutely true, right? Um, and, you know, I think that's what happens when you have super devoted fanatical fans. You go through that 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 arc where where you like it, you love it, you love everything. Then you start meeting your heroes. You start reading the interviews with them. You start reading the credits carefully and uh, and you, you start getting sick of the music. And uh, and that's where you become like a, a proper, deep, angry uh, angry at the world kiss fan where, yeah. where you know you do more complaining than you do love in the band. <laughs> yeah. 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 I wonder too if I feel like some of this might be the Rolling Stoneification of our of the way we look at music. They I feel like Rolling Stone magazine, which for better or worse, sort of set a lot of the template or the it was sort of the the infrastructure which we sort of think off of and, and work off of they seem to prize more a sense of rebellion in their music. Um, a, a band needs to have, needs to be kicking against the, the establishment somewhere, somehow to really gr- have street cred, and some reality to it. And I wonder if kiss didn't have enough of that. And so when they do make moves that look as if they're selling out, like going disco or going hair metal or whatever, it, cheapens their street cred when you when following the rules of the checklist as laid out by thinkers like rolling stone magazine i don't know if that made any sense either yeah you know i i i don't know if it's so much that rolling stone doesn't like them because they they because their lyrics aren't doing what you just said um that are politically conscious or anything like that i think it's more it's more the merchandising and like you say the the occasional selling out but it's more it's more the merchandising and the fact that it is really quite simple music to the point where in effect they were a type of boy band um mm-hmm. 
to all of us as kids. And, and we knew it, right? I mean, at 14, 15, we knew we knew that this was at the at the lower end of the demographic uh, for bands. And we knew bands like Aerosmith and Ted Nugent were a little more grown up and adult and scarier and all that stuff. Um, you know, and the and the funny thing about that simple music, I mean, number one, it was it was never recorded super high fidelity yeah, either. True. It wasn't powerful, it wasn't really pleasant sounding, it was just always in one way or another, kind of mid-rangey, right? Um, but, uh, you know, but having said that, I mean, Destroyer is is a good sounding album. I don't think the next two are at all. And and the first three have each a different problem, right? And Alive sounds good, right? Um, but um, yeah, there, there's something about the music and I've, I've always uh, sort of compared it to, like, there's very few other bands that sound like Kiss. Um, and that's not exactly a compliment, it's almost like nobody would dare sound like Kiss. That's, <laughs> that's the negative, right? Um, but you know, the one band, um, you know, you know, you, you hear you hear um, a little bit them talking about how Slade was an influence, and you can hear a little bit of Slade in. But the band I hear more in Kiss music is BTO, Bachman Turner Overdrive. I can see that. Yeah. So when point. when they get heavy, it's just all about the simple riff and everything yeah. crowds around. And they're barely riffs. They're more like chord sequences, right? Yeah, good point. Uh, there's something between a chord sequence and a riff. And it's always very simple with just the most rudimentary drumming behind it. And stuff. Yeah. so it, it's funny. You line up a whole pile of heavy BTO songs. And, and that to me is the closest you're ever going to get to a band that sounds like Heavy Kiss. That's really interesting. I've never thought of the two, of comparing the two, but that makes so much sense based on what you said. I wonder too, if they take heat for trying to adapt to the times. And then I think, well, why do they take more heat than bands like Rush or Chicago or Bon Jovi who have also changed their sound? You know, Bon Jovi does a country record. Rush puts includes rap on a song or two and synthesizers chicago abandons horns for a little while they all do what they have to do to adapt to the times and yet kiss seems to take more heat for it than other bands do and that's another situation where i'm saying they just can't kind of can't win were you as big or as invested in kiss during the 80s as you had been in the 70s yeah, so it's interesting. Um, you know, a lot of bands who try these different things, it's more it's more from a place of uh creative excitement or some intellectual place. Mm. But when you try disco, for example, and they and it's really just a song and a half or so, yeah. and then maybe another song and a half on Unmasked or whatever, right? But when when you try that, I mean that's not coming from a super creative place. And they they uh they compound the problem or or compound you know the opportunity to get derided by having stupid new costumes when they do these <laughs> things right um and then what do they do next so so the next thing you know uh they tried hair metal right uh -huh. um and so that's a little bit of a funny haha -ha thing to try right yeah. um and uh, and you know, you talk about adopting the costumes. I've often said this about Kiss, uh, and it's something I think needs pointing out, uh, you know, regularly is the idea that uh, there is no 70s band on earth that that went wholesale into hair metal as hard as Kiss did. Mm -hmm. I mean, they they literally 
are the are one of the leaders through that whole genre there. And people never think of them as the leaders because you always think of the new bands to name, yeah, right? You, yeah. you name the younger bands when you talk about this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. But there is no more mean, median, average hair metal band as Kiss uh, all through the 80s. I remember right? you saying that in the book. I thought, what a perfect way to say that. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, Crazy Nights and and Hot in the Shade and Asylum and Animalize and all that. And, you know, frankly, they're actually setting the stage for the thing. They're one of the big influences is on it with what they do in the seventies and with what they do leading up to it with, with yeah. creatures through lick it up, you know, lick it up is 83 and creatures is I think uh, 82 mm-hmm. um, and elder, I think is 81. So elder doesn't quite count, but creatures lick it up, animalize. It's like, here's, here's three kind of sacred texts of early yeah. hair metal. As it's just kicking off, right? Yeah. And then, of course, you know, Dawkin, Rat, Quiet Riot, Twisted Sister, you know, you get four more, Great White too. So you get you get five more nice, you know, right there, nice and early to help along, right? Yeah. But And Motley Crue, right? But Kiss is right there doing this. And then, you know, they're in there again in 85 and, uh, hang on, 86, maybe not. Uh, but but uh, Asylum's in there soon enough and uh, they're making all the videos. Yeah. They're, wear- they're wearing the absolute... They're they're literally wearing almost a parody of a hair metal right. costume <laughs> at that really point. It's that. like it's like you know rats might be excessive, uh-huh. but but it but it's a little bit of like hey here's a hair metal costume. It's right. almost like Kiss is the meta version of the rat costumes, right? <laughs> they're they're like they're like one step beyond already, it's right? True. They're already like making fun of hair metal in 1984, yeah. basically, right. you know, while being while being like ground central for it, yes. right? <laughs> Yes, that's true. Do you have a favorite Kiss song? Oh, probably not, because uh, I always rail against the idea of trying to pick out a three-minute work of art from a mm. you know a twenty twenty uh you know a twenty record catalog or whatever. But you know, I mean, I will gravitate to um, the boring answer again, and I think it's Detroit Rock City it has to be yeah. the answer. It's like it's like it's the first track on the most well-respected kiss album it's beautifully recorded it's got sound effects uh it's heavy it's long it's got different parts in it it's kind it's kind of their um not their stairway to heaven but it's more their sales of sharon you know it's uh (laughs) It's it's more their stargazer or something right it's it's their it's their kind of like heavy metal masterpiece right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah because this is a band that doesn't really try that hard to make a heavy metal masterpiece anywhere else really yeah um you know it's it's really it's really that song has the most work done on it probably out of every song in the kiss catalog yeah yeah you're probably right i'm curious how many times you've seen them live i don't know i'm not a huge live person um so i'm i'm never one of those guys who's seen a band even a dozen times. I don't think there's a single band I've seen even a dozen times, but I hear routinely people come up to me and say, Oh yeah. So I made in 107 times. Yeah, I've seen yeah. This someone told me who, who, what band were they talking about? Somebody said they saw somebody 35 times uh, the oh. other day. Um, but um, so kiss. So, so what, so my, my um, all, basically one of my first three or four concerts ever because I came from a small town as well. So I didn't see a a lot of concerts as a kid, but we happened to be on a family vacation driving across Canada in the family camper van, you know, camping or going to to hotels. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And we were in Montreal and 
I think it was pretty spur of the moment, but like Kiss was playing in town and we were massive fans. And so I saw in 1977, Whoa. that gatefold of Kiss Alive 2 show, yeah. you know, it's cheap trick supporting Kiss Oh, uh, on, on like, I think probably what's well, it, it's at least the first cheap trick album, if not two cheap trick albums might yeah. only be the first one actually. Um, so that would have been like the love gun tour, right? Uh-huh. I guess you would I think call so. it. And then, you know, I think I've only seen them one other time. And it might oh, really? be it might be the mid nineties reunion. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I think it was that. Um, have I seen them one more time? I don't know. There might be one more time, but that's the other thing about me. I mean, people ask me that about Rush too. And like my answer, having written six Rush books or whatever, <laughs> my answer when people say, How many times have you seen Rush? I go, somewhere between two and four times and i don't even know what the answer is <laughs> that's crazy yeah with as much uh as deep as you into as you are into music you just and let's be honest the fact that you could probably get in for free to any one of these bands that you love but yeah. you don't take full advantage you aren't a live music guy yeah i i get there and like 15 minutes in i'm i'm looking for the exits <laughs> tr- trying to wow. like okay who's gonna see me leave <laughs> you know, I got to make sure. How do I? How do I make the Irish goodbye out of here? Right? Um, you know, I wouldn't do that at a at a big stadium show. Sure, but course. but I mean, sure. literally, I I I don't think in most cases I wouldn't stay for the encore. Right? Wow, that's crazy. Um, I'm curious. Then, while writing and compiling this book, if you learned anything. Hmm. Um. So yeah, the interesting thing about this book is it's. I mean, it follows a pattern. It, it comes after I did a book called ACDC at 50. So this is called yep. Kiss at 50. And yep. before I do one, which I've turned in a long time ago, called Van Halen at 50. Mm. Um, so it is 50 career highlights, right? It's, yep. it's 50 things in chronological order along the way. So it's fun picking the 50 things. Hmm. Um, you know, honest, honestly, the thing I learned the most is, uh, is um, how much of a pain it is writing a book where um, you spend more time whittling it down from uh, fourteen hundred words to seven hundred and fifty words every really? single damn entry, right? I mean, you have so much you want to say, yeah, but you can't yeah. fit it all in, and so you have to get really diamond sharp about you know how much power you can pack into each sentence, sort of thing, right? Right. right. Um, but you know, have, having said that as well, I mean, it's not it's not a purely uh, you know, dry factual based book because I definitely get to vent like an angry kiss fan yeah, all over do. the place and give my own opinions everywhere. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's yeah. kind of cool because part of those 50 entries is they want you, you know, to review every album and, and including every live album and stuff. So, I mean, half the entries are taken up with really reviewing stuff and sure. assessing. Right. So, sure. Yeah. I wondered one, the only thing that um, I wondered would if it would be in the book and wasn't, and maybe it's because it's more of an individual thing, was I feel like Gene's vault tour thing that he was doing a few years ago yeah. was, uh, I wondered if that would make the cut. Did you ever think about that? That felt like such a, I mean, he was, you know, charging thousands of dollars to have access to, hundreds and hundreds of his unknown songs or whatever and i think what he would come deliver it to your house maybe and like perform it for you or something if you paid enough you know what i mean do you remember this 
chapter in their career? Yeah, I do remember that. And honestly, it never crossed my mind to include that. And now I'm trying to think why. Um, huh. And I think subconsciously it's because they did a lot of, the, I mean, that's an extreme case and a really remarkable case of, of coming up with a business idea, but they've done so many different things like that. Right. Yeah. And it's also one that's hard to attach a date to. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, true, so, true, so, true. you know, you know, most of what goes through this book, there's a, there's a hard day that everything happened kind of thing. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And I, I don't know. Um, it probably would have been complicated to explain as well. And sure. Just up yeah. words. So you know, okay. I mean, it was 50 was tough to do anyways with a band that had this many career highlights, right? Yeah, I bet. By the way, do you? I, I looked it up. Do you realize in five days is supposedly their last show ever at Madison Square Garden? Right. And they missed, uh, I think it's two shows because of Paul's flu, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and there was a conspiracy going around. Oh, it's COVID or whatever, right? But he's saying, yeah. no, it was flu or whatever. But uh, yeah, so they missed a couple of shows and they're not making them up. And they were saying, you know, they started, you know, refunding people right away. And that's your first clear sign that they're not yeah. making up. So yeah, so last show uh, coming up shortly. Um, and we'll see what happens. Gene even opened the door a tiny, tiny bit when he said, this is the last time we're going on tour. Yes. Uh, it might be a little yeah. special thing. But if someone wants to pay us a million bucks to come play the sphere in Vegas, we well, yeah. might be open to that. You know exactly. what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Kind of so what are your thoughts on Tommy and Eric? I, uh, speaking of no win situations, I feel like they, mm -hmm. they've been loyal soldiers for 20 years or whatever it is, but don't get much credit. Where do you stand on them? I think they're great. Uh, I think, you know, a band's got to, I mean, Kiss hasn't had, there's a lot of bands with a lot more personnel shuffles than Kiss has had. Yeah. Um, but I mean, those guys have been there a long time. They're perfect for the job. Um, you know, Tommy worked for them uh, behind the scenes, even before he became uh, the guitarist. He's a talented guy. Um, yeah, and, you know, both of them can can kind of have the physique and even the hair of, of, of you know, putting up a slight match to Ace and Peter. So that's cool, too. Um, you know, they're in there working on the songs, helping help write the songs and whatnot. And they made two solid albums with the band, um, you know, Eric even more. Um, and so, yeah, I I am. Um, I'm perfectly fine with that. Um, and, you know, and that begs the question, you know, Gene has also talked about, and I, I find it fascinating too, this idea of having Kiss continue on into the future, you know, for hundreds of years, maybe. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but I think he, Gene, the way Gene describes it, I don't like it as much where he says four new guys. Right. right. Uh, I think I, what I like to see is something a little more conservative where, um, uh, Eric and Tommy stay granted they're getting up in years too. I mean, Tommy yep. is not young, um, but, but they stay for, for quite a while more, like 10 more years or something. Mm -hmm. Right. And, uh, and, and one of the guys, Paul or Gene, you know, drops out, can't do it quietly, but quietly drops right. out. Right? <laughs> right. Uh, and gets replaced by someone. And that someone has to be like a legend the way the way pantera did it i think the pantera lineup is perfect and the reason i think of the pantera lineup is is those guys are all kiss fans right yeah true um, so it's like it's like literally someone from someone from anthrax would be a, the perfect kind mm -hmm. of guy to go into somewhere like kiss so what you want is is you want to replace a legend with another legend who's one to one and a half 
rock and roll generations younger than you, but not super young, not just yes. a dumb kid or whatever. Right. Just, just no part of anything, right? Right. The Uber, right. You know, you want someone who was a card carrying member of the Kiss Army who's a rock star, right? That's true. Um, so, so yeah. So I'd like to see one of them get replaced and then the other one get replaced. Yeah. And then that stays stable for a while. And then, you know, oh, Eric's retiring or Tommy's right. retiring. One of them goes or whatever. Right. And then, yeah, then you, again, you get someone 10 or 15 years younger and uh, carry it on, right? I wonder, I wonder how, how um, likely that actually is with them saying that. I, mean, I, I think, well, that's, you'll probably be dead, Paul and Gene, and uh, you won't know or care, I guess, what people do in Kiss's name after you leave. You may appreciate this. Speaking of BTO, I spoke with Gary Peterson of the Guess Who recently, and he's the only original member in this latest version of the Guess Who, which is frankly nothing like the original Guess Who. They're making jellyfish albums now, which are actually really good and fascinating, but they they barely are guess, the Guess Who. And he said, I asked him the same thing, and he because he's almost 80 years old, and he was saying the same thing. I would love for this to continue as the guess who long after I'm gone and all that kind of stuff. And I just think, well, that's, that's a convenient thing for you to say because you're near the end of the line, but I don't, I don't know if a guess who with no original members, but Gary Pat Peterson's blessing is really the guess who, you know, I don't know yeah. wh where that qualifies. The other problem with kiss is that, Tommy and Eric haven't written and sung enough, right? Yeah, they, true. They, they aren't. They aren't that. You know, they they aren't key members of this band, right? Yeah. You know, if, if I was to break down the percentages, I would say, uh, I would say Gene and Paul are like forty percent each, and those guys are like ten percent each. Yeah. So, yeah. So that so that leaves that leaves just twenty percent of the band. Uh, when Paul and Gene go. Good so. point. Okay. And you know, they're singers. They're great singers with great voices, right? Mm -hmm. Voices are degrading, but that, yes. that's the other amazing thing about Kiss that I've always loved is that they've got four super incredible, uh, interesting voices in the band and somewhere around three great singers, right? <laughs> um, so, <laughs> yes. you know, a Ace is not very great of a singer, but he's got a great voice. Uh -huh. Peter's the secret weapon that we all kind of wish would have sung more because he's a great singer and a great voice. Uh -huh. And Paul and Gene are both great singers with great voices. Yeah, yeah, good you know? point. And not just great voices, not just technically great voices, but none of their voices are bland. Yeah, right? true. They, they true. All, all of them have a lot of personality to them, right? Yeah. John true. Lennon's voice wasn't particularly great. No. You yeah, know? you're right. You're right. Paul, yeah, okay, McCartney, last... Paul McCartney is a is a is a better voice. And they're and you know, and even singer wise, I mean, I think the Kiss guys can stand up to the Beatles as singers. Yeah. Right. You're right. So, uh, so yeah, so yeah, this is a band with four great voices. Yeah, good point. Okay. Uh who's your favorite member? Whose team are you on? I would say that would have to be Paul more than yeah. anybody. Yeah. Um, because I, I was thinking about him the other day a little more. It's like, like I say, we're all KISS fans are some of the most angry, complaining KISS fans in the world. So Paul gets his share of abuse, right? Mm -hmm. But I really think that uh generally um he he no matter what he says, like you say about the band in general, over the years he's gonna get in trouble for all sorts of things, right? Mm -hmm. Um because you know this is a band with the merchandising and the trying different styles and all that so you know cashing in selling out whatever you want to call it right but i think i think at the heart of it 
Paul's a, a pretty good guy. Um, but over time, if you're that famous for that long, um, your personality is going to get a little guarded or political or safe or whatever, right? So he's so he he necessarily just like an ACDC guy or a Metallica guy. Um, I think you've noticed in their personalities over the time. It's like people really listen to what I say, so I got to make sure you know I don't say anything too weird, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so so I think Paul's a little bit like that. Um, but he, he generally seems like he, his heart is in the right place. I yeah, think. I agree. Um, for the whole thing. And, and Gene, I, I, per, yeah, I remember back, um, and seeing a long interview with him on CNN once and thought, man, I wish he wasn't born in Israel so he could be president one day because <laughs> he just seemed like so level-headed about uh, yeah. all sorts of things. When he talks politics, he makes a lot of sense. Right. Yeah. And yeah. he's, and he's a good explainer and stuff, but he, yeah, he's got some, some personality pathologies too. Like, like always that disgusting look on his face, right? Uh-huh. It's like, what am I doing here in this room? Look, right? True. Yeah. Always, yeah. right? And the glass is always on and stuff yeah. like that, right? And just yeah, you know, there's things, you know, and and always constantly, you know, talking about the business side of it and and really not 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 talking too much about songwriting and stuff like that, True. which I wish those yeah. guys, all of them, would do more, right? Yeah. And then, you know, Peter and Ace, we've we've all read all the stories over the years. They're uh, you know, yeah, they they can be they can be a little cranky, let's yes. say. Let's just leave yeah. it at that. Um but yeah, I feel and, like, and Gene oh, has ahead, so many endearing things about him too, though, right? I mean he he can be he can be a very personable guy too. He's just he's just got kind of like a a complicated package of credos that goes with being Gene. Yes. I don't think you really see that with Paul. So, he, so yes. you don't have these you don't have these five or six distractions with Paul. Yeah. But Good Gene point. is like like a walking life philosophy sort of thing, right? <laughs> Yes, he is. Yeah, that's true. I feel like the cooler answer for a lot of people is to say ace. You know, they're, they're talking about, you know, teams and whether people can, everyone complains and stuff like that. I feel like ace provided them with some street cred that maybe Paul and Gene couldn't muster on their own. And when he left, I think that's why a lot of people feel like ace's solo album is the best. I prefer Paul's just slightly over aces, but um, I feel like Ace provided sort of some street cred there that wasn't there otherwise. And so when he left, um, that sort of feeds this monster of, of you know, capitalism over art or, um, you know, selling coffins over selling albums or whatever it might be. You know, are we really, are you really focused on making good music or are you putting together a show or creating a story or a, a movie or whatever that's, um, where you should be focused on the music. And it, it, I think people felt like Ace had that more than Paul and Gene did. But but listen Paul, to yourself, you know, in, in a funny way, if you think about it, I mean, I think we all widely agree Ace was the laziest guy. Oh, right? absolutely. So, yes. so so it's like it's, it's like on, on one sensible level, you could say he was the least concerned about getting those records made. Properly, Good point. Right? Good point. Yes. Right. Yeah. So yeah, and Peter, maybe not the greatest musician or whatever. And the same kind of thing with the drugs and alcohol problem. So, so the street cred thing is always a funny one. It's like, it's like, I, okay. So, so he is considered the coolest, right. In a way. So I guess that is the uh, definition of street cred. Um, but you know, I, I don't know. I mean, 
other than that, the, the only street cred, cause he's, cause he's not the most personable guy. He's certainly not the friendliest to the fans. So it's not like he's, he's on a fan level, uh, mm-hmm. got that street cred. So he doesn't have that one, right? Neither does Peter. Um, you know, and is that Gene or Paul? I mean, it's arguably Gene and Paul more than those two guys that, that would mm-hmm. actually, you know, talk to fans. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but although with kiss, none of them are particularly approachable, uh, you know, yeah. or make themselves approachable. Put True. It that way, right. True. Um, except if there's a, there's a, there's a lot of money involved. In yeah. It. I was going to say, unless someone's paid for the meet right. and greet. Right. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, so all of them are below average when it comes to that. Right. Uh-huh. Um, none of them are Ronnie James Dio. Right. Put it that way. But yeah. So, so I suppose, um, People, when it when it comes to, I mean, if you're going to make simple music, the only place you're going to see any kind of musicianship is in a guitar solo. So it's yeah, almost like Ace, it's almost like Ace by default gets called called the best music. But is he really? I don't know. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah, we, we do we do like quote unquote Ace's guitar solos and stuff. But yeah. But it's like that's the literally the only place there's any musicianship in in Kiss. You know, there's there's neat songwriting and singing and arranging and all that sort of stuff so it's i'm not saying there's no art or, or whatever to what they do but uh but yeah it's yeah it's 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 hard to really it's hard to really find any you know meaningful street cred in either peter yes yeah, good point good point okay well uh yeah i i just you people like us there's millions of us around the world who just want to sit and debate and poke holes in the kiss mythology and so i wanted to be able to do that with you and thanks for writing such a great book to uh sort of spark that conversation you know it's, no worries uh, thanks for having me i always love love chatting with you you always have great 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 ideas and great insights so yeah. thanks martin i appreciate it um we'll do this again i guess when van halen comes out okay sounds good all right have a all good right. one man take Talk care Thanks, All right, there you have it, Martin Popoff. Uh, Kiss at 50, guys. I'm going to give it away to a Patreon supporter. Uh, you guys know the deal by now. All it is is $2 a month. You can set it and forget it, and anytime I get swag, I'll give it to you. Uh, or you'll be in the running for it anyway if you want it. Recently, there's been, and I'm still behind on a lot of this, there were Little River Band CDs, there were Feelys CDs, there's a Melanie CD. There's some Smoky Pope's, Pope's records. There's some Rain Parade records. And I just post, and I'm behind. Oh, and the Aussie book, which I still have to drive over to James Milton's house. He's in my neighborhood. I don't know why I haven't done this yet. But anyway, uh, the, the Kiss book will be up for grabs, too. And if you want to donate $5 a month, you get all that. And you get to uh, know who I'm interviewing. And you can submit questions if you want. Anyway, I'm really glad to be a part of this. And I want to close it up with Shandy because I think that's a great song. And it's kind of stuck in the middle of their legacy. It was It's a perfect pop kind of ballad from the era. They never play it. It's not the song that Kiss fans wanted to hear. And if you weren't a Kiss fan and you liked this song, you probably weren't going to come to the dark side after fighting it off however long you did because it's like, I'm not going to give it up and start liking kiss now just because i love this this song shandy anyway i think it's a fantastic song that doesn't get any love so we're gonna play it right here that's why anyway guys we still have some more more stuff in the can we've got uh another sort of promo mode slash panel conversation with a couple of our favorite former guests we have a deep dive i actually recorded another book club recently which i cannot wait to share with everybody it's a big one 
But the book doesn't come out until like February, so we're going to hold on to it for another month, month and a half. Anyway, the stuff just keeps on coming, right? I can't stop, and poor Yan, I won't let him stop. <laughs> anyway, thanks to Yan, of course. Anyway, we love you guys, and uh, stick with us. we got more coming up.